Thanks for tuning into the All Fun Investment Podcast. My name is Mike Schroeder. Uh, today, our interview features Lisa Friedman, co-founder and president of Quadrata. But before we get into it, this is our first time having our new partner, Skylar Steinke, who's just joined the All Fun Investment Podcast. So Skylar, how you doing, man? Doing well, man. Thanks, Mike. Happy to be here and excited to kind of have, have conversations with interesting people that we usually do. And uh, yeah, very exciting to see um, interesting folks on, on the podcast and and uh, ask the hard questions. Got it. Got to ask the hard ones, man. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, this is, uh, we're, we're super excited to have you. We obviously just got done recording the video with Lisa. Um, you know, I thought this was a great video where we talk about, you know, we get into some of the on-chain stuff, particularly, you know, obviously this interview is more, more focused on like the AML KYC aspect, which is really interesting because it's a really new topic uh, when it comes to digital assets. It's something that before two or three years ago, we really didn't see at all. Absolutely. We've just you know, collaborating across different partners and in, in, in what you mentioned and just going from real world application, real world assets to on-chain activities, um, kind of bringing everything together into a kind of a fluid compliance structure, I think is really cool. So yeah, absolutely. Thank you for tuning into the Alt Fund Investment Podcast. Please like and subscribe if you find this information helpful. We connect investment fund managers and service providers. This content is for informational purposes only. Today, we're here with Lisa Friedman of Quadrata. Quadrata is a native Web3 identity solution, and we'll get into what that means today. But Lisa, thanks for joining us. Thank you very much, Mike. It's my pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So to start off the conversation, tell us about what issues currently exist in the DeFi space and not isolated AML KYC, but you know, tell us what issues are you seeing here? Right. Well, maybe stepping back a minute, I think we all see issues from our own vantage point. And I come from traditional finance or what I used to think of as alternative finance, where I was putting together hedge fund portfolio solutions on behalf of some of the largest institutional allocators globally. And one of the things that became quite clear is growing interest in blockchain opportunities both from the institutional side and the asset manager side. Now, some of the issues that I see in permissionless DeFi, for example, is that it prevents regulated entities from entering in size because it lacks some of the compliance aspects, identity aspects, and reputational aspects, which we at Quadrata are bringing on chain so that institutions can mitigate some of the risk of commingling with unknown actors or potentially bad actors. And applications can create more nuanced use cases targeting specific attributes of the uh, identity holders. What is, everybody talks about, you know, Web3 and identity, digital identity. What does that really mean from your guys' point of view? And what are the use cases kind of that you guys are seeing going for that's pretty exciting and kind of revolutionary? Right. So there's several attributes that I think are crucial for the ecosystem of DeFi to go to the next level. One is, as I mentioned, for institutions, it's important to know that they're not commingling with bad actors. And what our solution does is protects privacy and private information of the users, but um, enables 
creation of pools where everybody has gone through a KYC, KYB process and are subject to ongoing monitoring so that applications can actually query the current anti-money laundering risk of the holder of the passport. And so that mitigates some of the risk and creates or enables creation of more compliance-aware solutions. Another more specific use case targets particular attributes of a user. So for example, in the permissionless ecosystem, because nobody knows who is behind the passport or what attributes they have, it's very difficult to differentiate product offerings. So now what we're doing from that standpoint is we're allowing users to leverage their existing reputation to benefit from more capital efficient solutions in the future. So for instance, one of the aspects of Quadrata is credit reputation. We have teamed up with an on-chain credit analytics solution, CRUD, to provide a score for the wallet, um, leveraging some data on assets to loans ratio, history of repayments of the loans, and so forth. And we also are working on bringing off-chain credit reputation on-chain by a partnership with TransUnion. And that aims to enable TransUnion um, customers to leverage their off-chain credit scores to also get better access to capital solutions on-chain. That's, re that's really interesting. So you guys are basically helping these different lenders kind of verify somebody's credit score on-chain, essentially. Right. So what we're enabling is different different applications creating more differentiated product offerings. So for example, if somebody has a higher credit score, perhaps they could get a lower interest rate when they take a loan, or maybe they don't need to put as much collateral as they, as they otherwise would. So really making it possible for them to um, uh, rely on their existing reputation to to get better, um, better access to solutions on chain as well. That's outstanding. What? Uh, just curious, Lisa. So, how did this idea come to be, and what, what was the start or impetus for Quadrata? How did things get started? Right. So, as I mentioned, my perspective has been from the institutional vantage point and from being in a regulated financial industry for a number of years. And I teamed up with Fabrice Shen, who actually comes from the technological perspective and background. So Fabrice was the head of blockchain technology at Spring Labs, the company from which Quadrata spun out. And Spring Labs uses cryptographic techniques for secure data sharing, uh, primarily among private networks of financial institutions. And so our idea was to take that technology and to enable on-chain solutions uh, for uh, broader institutional adoption and more nuanced use cases in DeFi and broader Web3 specters. It's amazing. What has the feedback been from institutions in the crypto space? You know, it's 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 very interesting because since I've started on this journey, I haven't I haven't come across any one institution that said we're not going to explore opportunities on blockchain. It 
a number of institutions are at a different stage of their uh, research and um, uh, comfort with what it is that they could use blockchain technology for. But we see a range of different applications for institutions, you know, starting from the obvious ones, such as global access to potential new customers and partners, to increasing efficiency in terms of the back office for some of the existing off-chain processes, to increasing the speed of transactions, and ultimately uh, to decreasing the costs. That's excellent. Um, and you mentioned a couple of things. Number one, I just want to say congratulations on the recent press release that came out on Quadrata. And you, I think it was a, regarding nine different protocols you guys were partnering with. Um, uh, yes, this, this mentioned um, some of our most recent partners. Thank you. Absolutely. And you mentioned CRED earlier. Um, any more any more insight into kind of what that looks like from a partnership perspective and where you guys want to go with that? I thought it was very interesting. Thank you very much. Well, we're very cognizant that Passport is only as useful as the number of destinations it unlocks. And so what we're working on is making sure that our partner journey is effective and that we create a comprehensive ecosystem where once a user has their passport, they don't have to re-onboard. And not only that, the idea is that they can go from an application to an application and also from blockchain to blockchain. So the vision is multi-chain and multi-wallet. So we want to meet the users where they are and make this journey as frictionless as possible. On that note, what type of, you know, in terms of like the change you guys are looking at, what type of change are you guys typically operating and how do you kind of see that, um, you know, expanding over time? So we've started uh, with Ethereum mainnet and Polygon and we're Stay tuned for, for announcements, but we are adding a number of uh, additional EVM-compatible chains in the near future. And we're also working with partners on prioritizing non-EVM-compatible chain deployment for the future. What is an AML risk score and how do you guys calculate it? So AML risk score is ultimately based on a range of checks that happen on the identity of the user off-chain and also on their wallet or wallets uh, on-chain activity. So when, when we perform and we're, when we're calculating that risk score, a person or an entity run a compared versus PEP lists, watch lists, sanctions lists, and then their wallet is, or wallets are compared against non-blacklisted wallets and transactional distance to them, and an aggregate AML risk score is issued. Now, once it's in the passport, there is ongoing monitoring so that if something changes, the risk score can also be adjusted such that at the time of transaction, the applications can query the most recent risk score available and make a decision based on that, on what the user is eligible to do in their own environment. Very exciting. Is that real-time monitoring, Lisa, or is that just an ongoing snapshot or what does that look like? Yes, it's on, it, it's regular monitoring. So for instance, the 
populist and sanctions list that we run the. Very exciting. I know we, we talked a little bit about the users. And I know just from kind of what we see in the marketplace, you know, with, with uh, fund managers, other service providers looking to use something similar to what you guys have available. Uh, who are you guys going after? You mentioned institutions, obviously, is one component. Um, what other users are you guys kind of seeing as a, a use case that would be next steps for, for the company? Right. So today we have over 1,100 passports issued in over 70 countries. Um, so the types of users we have are from the institutional perspective or from the institutional asset perspective, it's um, entities which already have digital assets um, uh, on balance sheet or in their funds. And now they're looking for opportunities to either earn additional potential yield uh, via DeFi lending platforms, or maybe to get further leverage in the DeFi environment. And they're seeking compliance aware type solutions. And so some of them have onboarded with Quadrata Passport to participate in this ecosystem. Uh, and another types of users that we expect to see are individuals who, as we discussed before, are looking to leverage their strong existing reputations and get some special access because of it, be it, be it better capital efficiency on chain or maybe access to certain opportunities which require, let's say, accredited investor status or um, uh, a certain age and so forth. So our, our solution is really a technology solution that enables various aspects to be put on chain. And we really think of a multifaceted identity. So KYC and AML are kind of the table stakes. And then from there, uh, we're uh, we're in partnership discussions with applications which are looking for civil resistance um, as part of the solution for uh, preventing bots from entering their environment and so forth. Excellent. That's really cool. So walk us walk us through the process of a new user. Somebody signs up. Um, you know what does that look like, and how does it go from start to finish? Right. If you're a person, it should go from start to finish in less than 90 seconds. So you come with your government issued ID, you take a selfie, uh, and in the background, it's verified that your person on the ID, and then you compare it to sanctions list, pep list, watch list, and some additional filters in case of a higher risk type situations. And then your wallet is compared against blacklisted wallets. And then you get an aggregate um, anti-money laundering risk score. And you can mint your passport with that score. And then the application uh, where you want to interact um, can query this um, attribute or your country of the onboarding document or uh, whether or not you are a person or an entity or some additional attributes like the uniqueness of your identity, so DID identifier. And depending on the result that they query, they can allow you to interact in their ecosystem or stop you from interacting. Got it. So in essence, would it kind of be like an NFT for a wallet that you know these different platforms are verifying? 
Yes, exactly. So a Quadrata Passport is a non-fungible token and it's non-transferable. So for example, if you go through this onboarding, you can't just transfer this NFT to my wallet. It lives in your wallet. And is that, because you mentioned like the credit score and things like that could change. So how, how is that reflected in the NFT? Right. So uh, for example, if if your AML score is changed based on the uh, ongoing monitoring that we discussed, then it's a passport issuer who is a data verifier in our system that updates that score in your passport. And so at the time of the query, um, the application sees the latest um, attribute. Oh, that's really cool. I guess with, with DAP services, I guess, uh, are those gated to verified wallets from your guys' view? We don't verify wallets per se, but if a DAP checks whether or not a wallet has a Quadrata passport and checks it's, you know, any one of the attributes that we provide, then it can gate access based on the results that it gets back. Got it. There's multiple, you know, kind of identity solutions, you know, out there. How do these interact with each other? Well, it really depends. Uh, given that it is Web3, there is a lot of opportunity for collaboration. So, for example, um, we, uh, um, we can team up with different verifiers of certain parts of identity that are complementary to the parts that we already have in the passport and so forth. But another way, too, that I think about it is Ultimately, I believe that there will be a certain number of passports which are broadly accepted by, let's call it, most destinations, just in the just like in the real world. And then there'll be some that perhaps will require additional visas, so to speak. So our goal really is to be one of the passports um, get broadly accepted and allow interoperability and com composability of blockchain and DeFi to continue. So we're not creating a world, world garden, we're creating an ecosystem uh, where a user can really uh, go between different applications accepting our passport and, uh, and uh, leverage inter interoperability aspects of it. That's really amazing. Um, you mentioned ecosystem. And obviously collaboration, which I think is an amazing part of this in our industry, but likes to collaborate, which is awesome. Um, do you see any like challenges uh, with kind of the future roadmap of where, where things are going or what uh, potential pitfalls just with um, the market, the industry, where we're going? Just, just your high level thoughts. Well, it's interesting because the recent events and Web3 probably set us back a little bit as an industry in terms of trust. Right. which is unfortunate. Um, if I'm putting my optimistic hat on, uh, it did highlight the need for more identity, more governance, more risk management, more diversification. And Quadrata's solution is, is very well aligned with those themes. Um, I wish we got here through a different path, uh, but we do see a lot of interest now Versus two years ago when we started talking about KYC and DeFi and were not necessarily welcome everywhere in the permissionless sure. environment. 
That, yeah, very true. It was interesting too. Even our industry and the market is very, very new, right? Um, how fast we've actually gotten to where we've gotten, despite the challenges and pitfalls and things that things that have come up. I think that is fascinating too to see. Right, absolutely. It's great to see the resilience of the participants, um, the drive, the passion for the potential of this technology, and. Um, I think I, I think it has amazing um, future, and I'm very glad to be contributing to the build out of it. Yes, absolutely. What, what do you see as the roadmap for, uh, for the industry in, in, in general? Well, I think that the use cases in DeFi, for example, need to go beyond over collateralization and over collateralized lending to really support true financial services as um, as we know them. And I think the ability of blockchain technology to do that is really dependent on more liquidity being in the system and more differentiation among the users happening. And so in the future, I think that a person or an entity should have one reputation across both off-chain and on-chain worlds, and there should be consequences and benefits um, to the behaviors that they take in either one of those realms. That was very well said, actually, based on kind of where things are going and on-chain versus off-chain real-world assets coming into the you know the Web three space. There's much, there's very you know, there's a need for for regulation. There's a need for compliance. Uh, for trust and transparency going forward that we have been lacking to this point. So that's amazing. Yeah, hundred percent. One one other thing I was thinking about is I've, I've seen in the past that there's been, let's say bad actors with blacklisted addresses and, you know, probably a lot of databases. And I've seen that they've sent, you know, coins to a lot of different people, you know, maybe it's just a speck of Bitcoin or a speck of Ethereum, but they're sending it around to all these different wallets. How do you guys look at something like that? Uh, obviously, as this new strategies and tactics evolve, the analytics and technology also evolves to address it. So one of the things uh, we see partners leveraging in the space is the size of the transaction and sort of other repeated such instances um, what what's the pat transactional pattern? Is it initiated by the holder of the wallet or is it coming from someone else to the wallet? Um, so there are different analytical techniques that could be incorporated to mitigate such behaviors. That's the part of the evolution of the technology and the stage that we're at right now, right? Like thinking about what risks may not be apparent today and what is it that we need to be thinking about uh, as this kind of solutions have been built. I think it's obviously just an exciting space to be in. Kind of what you guys have built uh, at this point, Lisa, is pretty amazing. And as we kind of move forward, just the collaboration in the industry and where things are going, I think is exciting. In closing, any other thoughts that, from your point of view, Lisa, that you'd like to highlight that we haven't covered to this point? Well, it's, it is thrilling to be providing identity solution on chain. And as we discussed, different types of applications and partners have various needs for identity, be it civil resistance or uh, AML risk scoring or credit reputation. 
So we're thrilled to be partnering with a variety of different applications to deliver what they're looking for. And separately, it's exciting to hear some of the largest and most established financial institutions talking about blockchain technology and how tokenization um, is an important aspect of both capital reach and um, uh, and making various investment opportunities more accessible globally. So it's really thrilling to be part of this journey and would love to have a conversation about potential collaboration with entities and applications seeking identity. Well said. Lisa, this has been amazing. Thank you so much. Where could people go to connect with you and learn more about Quadrata? Well, you can uh, email us at contact at quadrata.com. And I look forward to speaking with you. We'll go ahead and put those in the show notes, link to your website as well. And uh, thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you for watching the Alt Funds Investment Podcast. As always, please like and subscribe if you find this information helpful. And let us know down below in the comments what questions you have. Reach out if you're starting an investment fund, and we can help connect you with the right service providers. 